You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Fatigue, pain, fear, anxiety. When someone is diagnosed with cancer, the number of concerns and questions and unsettling emotions can feel endless and overwhelming. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Laura Humphrey, your host, and with me today is Kim T. Bordeaux, President and CEO of the Wellness Community in Washington, D.C. We are talking about the services and support that are provided by the Wellness Community for people with cancer and their families. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Dr. Humphrey. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Please tell us, when was the Wellness Community founded and how did it begin? It was founded by a gentleman named Harold Benjamin. Uh, Harold's wife, Harriet, was diagnosed with cancer, and Harold was very pleased with the medical care that Harriet was receiving, but thought, boy, there's this whole other side to Harriet's experience with this cancer that no one's addressing. No one's talking about it. We're sort of ignoring her as a person. And so Harold sold a very successful real estate practice, went to school, got a PhD in psychology, and founded the wellness community in Santa Monica in 1982. How many cities are you located in today? Well, you know, I'm pleased to announce that this year, 2007, is our 25th anniversary for the wellness community, and we just opened our 25th wellness community in our 25th year uh, of service, and that wellness community uh, is in the Washington, D.C. area. So we currently have 22 wellness communities across the United States. We have two centers abroad in Tel Aviv and in Tokyo. We have the virtual wellness community uh, on the Internet, which I hope we'll have a chance to talk about today. And, um, uh, and we have five more centers in development that will open in the next 18 to 24 months. So do tell us about this virtual wellness community. Uh, absolutely. You know, at our brick-and-mortar centers, these centers around the country, we provide uh, support groups, educational programs, programs on nutrition, uh, exercise, stress reduction programs. And we really, uh, in the 90s, as an organization, challenged ourselves to say, uh, let's look at the things that we do well in these face-to-face centers and ask ourselves some questions about whether we can do some of those things through the Internet. So we actually entered into a research study with Stanford University and the University of California, and we did a research study called The Effectiveness of Electronic Support Groups for Women with Breast Cancer. We found some fascinating things out of that study. We found that the women in the original study had a decrease in depression, a decrease in anxiety, a decrease in reaction to pain. They had an increase in spirituality and zest for life. So we we took that wonderful data and we went on to build uh, the virtual wellness community. We launched it in 2002, and now we have uh, tens of thousands of patients coming to the virtual community, particularly for those folks who do not have one of our wonderful centers uh, you know, in their community. This gives us an opportunity to provide support and education to people with all cancers, no matter where they live. It sounds like the results are comparable to being in a room with other people and getting cancer support that way as being online. That's absolutely right, and that was one of the questions that we really asked ourselves as an organization. Um, When we think about the idea of a support group, we think about people in a room. We think about that human touch. We think about being able to look someone in the eye. And we really did challenge ourselves to say, hey, can can patients who participate online, can someone uh, in Oregon provide support and connect with someone online in North Carolina? And so, you know, as an organization, we uh, we are very committed to doing that kind of research. Not only do we provide direct service, 
to cancer patients, but we also have a research agenda to really examine these kinds of questions around the effectiveness of social and emotional support. And we found that the folks who were participating in the online groups were having a very similar experience, deriving a similar benefit as those who participate in face-to-face. Now, don't get me wrong, some aspects of this online community are different. You know, all of our groups are run by trained licensed therapists, both our face-to-face groups and our online groups. So the role of the therapist is a little bit different. Um, You know, how the patients interact and how we prompt them and bring them into the conversation is a little bit different. But I I have to say that the wellness community is really at the forefront uh, of this research to the point where we have folks coming to us and saying, hey, we love your online model. We want you to train us in that model. We're we're training folks in Canada. We're working with the government of Canada to do some training. We're working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society to train them in our model. So folks like this this high-quality model where the groups are closed, they're password protected, and they're led by trained, licensed therapists. No other group in the world is doing that. Really important and applies to every illness. Absolutely. And we really think about that. We really think about, boy, you know, uh, right now we're working in the cancer community, but what if someone did come to us from another uh, area? Someone came from, let's say, the AIDS arena or someone came uh, to us from the substance abuse community and said, hey, we want you to train us, you know, in that online model. We really do believe that this model has application really far beyond cancer. And where does your funding come from for providing all these services? Uh, Our funding comes almost exclusively from private donations, so from corporations, from foundations, from very generous uh, individual donors. Uh, Some of our centers around the country do receive some state funding. Our wellness community in Philadelphia receives uh, funding from the state of Pennsylvania. Our wellness community in Delaware receives some funding from the state of Delaware. But most of our dollars do come from private donations, a wide range of wonderful uh, sources. As an example, we uh, recently received a very wonderful grant from the Lance Armstrong Foundation to uh, it's a three-year grant to develop a program for cancer patients who are making the transition from being a cancer patient to being a cancer survivor. We are piloting that program in five uh, cities right now, and we will, in 2007 and into 2008, we will be rolling that program out. It's called Live Well, Life Beyond Cancer. We will be rolling that program out all across the country. Let's talk about how these patients get to you. How are they best referred? The primary way that patients hear about the wellness community is through a referral from their medical team. In each of our sites where we have wellness communities, we have what's called a professional advisory board. These are doctors, nurses, social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists in the community who advise our organization. And one of the things that they do is they refer their patients to the wellness community. You know, I want to emphasize, Dr. Humphrey, that all of the services that we provide are free to a person with any cancer at any stage of their disease and also free for the loved ones and caregivers uh, of people with cancer. And these are, I think, very unique aspects of our program. Uh, the second point of referral comes from word of mouth. We have a lot of very grateful patients who have participated in our programs, have had a fantastic experience. And then the third way that people hear about us uh, is through some of the outreach and advertising and PR that we do in the communities to let folks know about these fantastic free services that do uh, exist in their communities. Most people don't go for help, though. How can doctors get their patients involved? You know, I would say that, um, first of all, 
when, it, you know, if a primary care doctor discovers a diagnosis of cancer in a patient, obviously the first thing they're going to do is refer them to a cancer specialist. They're going to refer them to a surgeon, to a medical oncologist, to an expert in cancer. I would challenge those doctors to take the next step and also at the same time refer those patients for psychosocial support. There's great data to show that at least 25 to 30% of all newly diagnosed patients experience elevated levels of emotional distress. You know, there's even some data to show that potentially almost half of all cancer patients may even have some form of, of psychiatric diagnosis. So the primary care doctor should be thinking about the fact that you know, hey, this is a very devastating diagnosis. This, you know, this can really take somebody by surprise. It can create an incredible amount of anxiety. The patient is going to be faced with many, many challenging decisions through the course of this illness. So I would make it a one-two punch. I would say to the patient, look, you, you've got to go see this specialist, whether it's a surgeon, whether it's a medical uh, oncologist. At the same time, you need to go out and find some social and emotional support. Now, that's not, you know, I'm not saying that you're crazy. I'm not saying there's something wrong with you. I'm not I'm just telling you that this is going to be a challenging road and there are wonderful organizations out there like the wellness community and like many other organizations that are providing support services that are going to help you regain control, help you make these decisions, help you find critical resources in the cancer journey. And one of the other things that we help patients do is to really build a strong and meaningful relationship with the doctor and with the healthcare team because these are going to be folks with whom the patients are interacting on a regular basis. And so I would just really encourage these docs to know, hey, you know, patients are going to be experiencing distress when they are diagnosed with cancer. The resources are out there. They exist to help their patients through this experience. And I would, again, refer to the, to the medical experts and also refer to the psychosocial experts, those that can provide the social and emotional support. Yes. Do you ever assist patients in getting uh, involved in the ongoing clinical trials for new treatments? We do. We have a wonderful search engine on our website, and I should mention that our URL for our website is www.thewellnesscommunity.org, and that's all one word, thewellnesscommunity.org. On our website is a wonderful clinical trial search engine. It's powered by a company called Emerging Med, and they were kind enough to make this service available for free uh, to our patients. And patients can either search for a clinical trial. This is a national database. They can search for a clinical trial online through the website, or they can call an 800 number and speak one-on-one with a person who can help them see if there may be a trial that would work for them, that would be appropriate for them. Um, And we really do encourage patients when they're making the treatment decision to really also look at clinical trials because we've heard so many patients say, you know, no one really talked to me about clinical trials. I already started a treatment protocol. Now that I've done that, I'm precluded from participating in trial A, trial B, trial C, because I'm already into this treatment. Uh, you know, and, and look, there's not a trial for every patient. We know that. But at least a patient can be looking at a trial when they're looking at the range of treatment options that exist for the patient, and they can be making an educated decision when they are making these treatment decisions. Your organization really stays on top of the research, doesn't it? Yeah, we really do, both on the medical side and on the psychosocial side. We have a wonderful program, a patient education program, called Frankly Speaking About New Discoveries in Cancer. We developed that program because patients were coming to us and saying, 
look, there's all this, you know, kind of alphabet soup of new cancer treatment out there, new ways to approach cancer treatment beyond the traditional chemotherapy, radiation. We're, we're reading about things called anti-angiogenesis. We're reading about EGFR. We're reading about cancer treatment vaccines. You know, aren't vaccines used to prevent uh, things, not treat them? And, you know, a lot of confusion among patients. So we developed a very comprehensive patient education program. And the full program and kit, again, are available for free on the website. And, you know, we're hearing good news, you know, in cancer, despite uh, some of the very difficult news we hear every single day. Last year, for the second year in a row, we had a decrease in mortality rate from cancer. And, you know, we know that more people are going to be diagnosed with cancer, but fewer people are going to die from cancer. So they're going to need this kind of information and this kind of support over a longer uh, period of time. We're involved in research to demonstrate that social and emotional support is of benefit to cancer patients. It helps them manage their disease. It helps them manage side effects, achieve a better quality of life, and again, maybe even extend survival. I want to thank our guest, Kim Thibaldo, for joining us today to talk about the wellness community. I'm your host, Dr. Laura Humphrey, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.